0: Hey everyone, I'm Andrew, and you're listening to Small Efforts, a collaboration between Crit and Miss Grants. And hi, I'm Sean. Small Efforts is a show
1: where we talk about cybersecurity, design, and the continuous small efforts it takes to build a business.
0: Hey, 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 hey. How's it going? Good. Yeah. I saw you a lot last week, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah and we're going to see each other tomorrow for maybe our first oh, ever shit, we are. like our first ever engagement together. I'm excited about that. That sounds really fun. I am super stoked about it. I got to figure out like what how much budget we can devote to it cuz like and just weigh it against a couple of other things, but yeah. So, I've been thinking a lot about employee engagement and how to make people feel appreciated. Mm. And this is a kind of silly idea, like I I don't want to over optimize for some of this stuff, but sometimes I think doing these kinds of things can be fun Mm. and can just show that we're trying to people feel welcome. So had this idea to create either patches or like enamel pins or something and give them to critters at important milestones. So, you know, whether that's kind of one year, two year mark of working at the company or a big product launch or designing something for a team retreat, I think it would be kind of cool to build this culture of like you sort of have some sort of physical reminder to of the work that you've done and the things you've accomplished at crit since all of our work is so digital. And then in my daydream, I'm imagining us like five years down the road at a retreat. And there's some people who have been here for five Mm -hmm. years and some people who have been here for two years. And everyone's like, oh, that's a cool pin. Like, what's that one for? Oh, hey, I, I really love that one oh man that sounds cool and it being like kind of this conversation starter Mm -hmm. it's probably silly it's not silly that's not true that's not silly i think it would be kind of just like a fun quirky little thing to do
1: i think it would be awesome i love the idea and oh so i love that the first thing i think about when you tell me that is like disneyland and how people
0: collect (laughs) Disneyland pins and everything so i've never been to disney world or disneyland ever and so that association didn't pop into my head at all and now i'm not sure how i feel about it I'm like,
1: so i'm also planning a team retreat by the way you were telling me this earlier outside of the podcast yeah
0: we have not we're gonna disneyland we, have we're just, we should all just anything. go to florida and go to is that land or world disney <laughs> orlando no, is that orlando is disney okay. world cali is okay, Disney. thank you and then there's one in paris too right or france somewhere i don't,
1: I don't know. know i have no idea well i feel like team retreat bring andrew to disney world
0: See, one of the things that I love is that purely by accident, not we, Mm -hmm. this would be a really awful thing to screen Mm -hmm. for, but like purely by accident, we've ended up with a lot of people on our team who really love the outdoors. So I think whatever retreat we plan, we'll try to plan Mm -hmm. somewhere where we can do some hiking or whitewater rafting or something like that. Nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because well, like you dictate the culture at the end of the day, right? And you're in charge of recruitment. At the end of the you know until until you have another head of people and stuff so it almost makes sense to me that that's the case
0: yeah but i don't it scares me a little bit because it's like is this some unconscious bias Mm. showing that like i am accidentally optimizing for people who are like outdoorsy Mm. or something that doesn't like being outdoorsy has nothing to do with being good at Mm. your job so i don't feel like it's something we should optimize for I think that would probably be bad, but it has just sort of happened.
1: Hmm. I think, I mean, it could also be the fact that, I mean, it's it's not like you, because your hiring isn't just you reaching out, right? It
0: There's inbound. Yeah, it's all inbound. Yeah. We don't do any outbound. We've tried a couple of times with like, gotcha. but yeah, it's pretty much all inbound. So, I mean,
1: you know, just on that topic, like if you had shown me the CRIT website, well, before you and I talked, when I saw the CRIT website and someone asked me, is Andrew an outdoorsy person? I could be like, yeah. Okay, it seems outdoorsy. Yeah, really? I think I think it's just part of the brand. So, maybe that's maybe it's not that you're optimizing for it. Maybe it's just that you're attracting just because of the brand. And the photos that you use <laughs> are very much in nature, right?
0: Yeah, that's for sure. We do definitely have like a wall of photos mm-hmm. on our about page that's like me skydiving, awesome mountain biking, mm-hmm. Iris rock climbing, being a mm-hmm. like kayaking so yeah it does (laughs) that part does make us look fairly outdoorsy
1: listen everyone on my team has a cat so i mean there's probably an unconscious bias there i just like cat owners i am in
0: (laughs) this i'm in this group me with a bunch of rock Uh climbers in detroit Uh there's probably 30 or 40 people in this group me and i swear almost everybody has a cat like (laughs) it started one day a thread Uh of like everyone sharing their cats and there were 20 people or so who shared pictures of their cats also, I know several of the people on your team rock climb. Mm. That's true. I rock climb. Rock climbers and cats rock climbers and cats. There's, <laughs> there's a weird connection there. Is <laughs> there okay. Okay. no, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway? What's going on at work? What's how are things with miscreants?
1: Good. Good. Had a not as bad of a January sales wise as I thought we would have. Actually we did oh, pretty nice. well. I think I gave myself a very, very ambitious monthly target to hit. And I don't think that we hit that, but where we ended up, I am am happy with. I bought a letter last night. The specific letter- A a letter? letter, I I essentially spent a five figure amount on a letter.
0: (laughs) And what does that letter give you?
1: That letter happens to go after our URL and turns miscreants.co to (laughs) missgrints.com. Expensive fucking letter. (laughs) (laughs) That is a
0: hilarious way of looking at it. Yeah. You bought an bought an M. You bought an M. Bought an M. <laughs> but,
1: you know, Miscreant starts with M, so it's kind of like poetic in a way.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I think that makes sense. Yeah, we bought crit.com mm-hmm. from a dude in South Africa like three, four mm-hmm. years ago. My negotiating tactic was basically just not to care that much mm-hmm. about it. Like I had been thinking about, I knew who this guy was. I'd been thinking about reaching out to him for ages. And then I had a blog post go viral and he reached out to mm-hmm. me and was just sort of like, hey, do you have any interest in buying crit.com? I don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in selling it. And I like, just sort of assumed that he would want more for it than we wanted to spend. And so I didn't ever like, I didn't respond to him for like two months. And then one day it was sitting in my inbox and I was like, I should respond to this guy. And I was, I just responded to him and was like, hey man, really appreciate you reaching out. I think we probably aren't like gonna be able to spend what you would want for it, but you know, wish you all the best. And he replied and was like, I was thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of 5k is that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, snap. Like that's yeah. actually reasonable. fifteen. Yeah, like I was expecting him <laughs> Yeah, yeah cuz I mean, it's a nonsense word, but it's a four-letter mm-hmm. domain. And I think I negotiated down to like 3 or mm-hmm. 4,000 and so ended up getting a pretty good deal yes. for it. He was nice about the whole thing. And I don't think it has moved the needle on our business at all, but it is fun to have a four-letter domain. It, it saves me Man, it has saved our team so much time in typing out our emails. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really think about it, how many thousands of dollars have we saved? Two. Only having to type two thousand. <laughs> no. You know, you're right. Ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> At least. You $20. should ask the team. You should
1: pull the team. I've been pulling the team on like random things every stand-up. Like today was just like, "What's your favorite ice cream flavor?" But, well, I think I just added extra seconds to everyone's day because it's .com and not .co. Oh. oh yeah, but, yeah. You know, there was a little bit of a thing of suspicion. I just feel weird every time I send out Sean at that's Co, because I'm always mm-hmm. worried someone's going to type .com and it's going to get lost into the ether of mail. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we're going through a whole kind of relaunch into going into January, going to the new year. You know, I think we started very much as a more of like a humble design studio that was just gonna take on like maybe a couple projects at a time. I think as we've grown, we wanna kind of be more structured as an agency rather than like four people in a room who like do work together. That's how I'm justifying it. That's how I'm justifying my purchase, that it's it's me taking it, it's like a gym membership. I take yeah. it seriously. <laughs> Have I been to Blink in the past month? No, but same difference.
0: I got some good advice from someone mm-hmm. once who pointed out that like, if your business is successful, like the earlier you yep. buy your domain the better because it's the price is only going That's to up once you have mm. some reputation and notoriety like it's going to be more expensive mm. to buy also for us like our original domain wasn't like dot co mm. our original domain we had crit.it for a mm. while k-r-i-t dot nice. i-t and then when we went from like a product to a full-time agency we had Mm builtbycrit.com that was so fucking annoying like despite the fact that our website said crit our business card said crit so many people called us built by crit they're like oh built by crit and i was like yeah what why would i name my company built by crit (laughs) like that built by like that's such a dumb word to like put on the end of a sentence like what never understood it, drove me crazy. So that was the one yep. benefit of, of finally having crit.com is people stopped referring to us as built by crit.
1: The reason we, we switched to .co is because we used to be miscreantshq.com and we would keep getting, mm-hmm. oh, it's miscreantshq. It's like, no, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, digital real estate is a goddamn scam. GoDaddy is the <laughs> worst, is the robber baron of our generation among other robber barons, but. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was nice that we got to interact with a human. Oh, I like, interacted with a human helpful. who who you know <laughs> was a salesperson from after Nick who kept telling me, Oh yeah, the owner won't take any lessons. Like, you don't have an owner. GoDaddy parked it. I know how this works. <laughs> Stop bullshitting. Yeah. Well Yeah. Yeah. But well, whatever. Shout out to Ken at After Nick for at least giving us some discount on it. I appreciate it. Didn't totally break the bank, but
0: yeah. What else is going
1: on? Well, Going into January, I was thinking of traveling a lot, or going to the New Year, thinking of traveling a lot. And plans have just completely flown out the window. Uh, I caught COVID in January, so obviously did not travel. Oh, so which was which would have been last week or the week before, got moved um, all the way to March. And this week, I think you and I would both be on a plane to our favorite sunny city in the world. That's not true, but. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Do you like SF? Are you an SF person? I love SF. I've only been okay. once. I went uh-huh. for three or four days for a conference. And yeah. I remember thinking, oh, I get why everyone loves this city. Like, this is a fucking cool city. If it wasn't a tech hub, I probably would have moved there ages ago. I just don't gotcha. want to live somewhere where I'm surrounded by tech people. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I, I actually, I do. I love it. Okay. I love San Fran. Okay. Yeah. Well, never mind. I should not have put words in your mouth. It
1: is our bo- it is both our favorite sunny city. So nice. Very cool. Yeah. But you know, goodbye, RSA, B sides. That's not till what June at this point.
0: Yeah. So um what kind of ripple effects has that had for your clients and for marketing teams from what you've seen? You know, that is a good question. Good, good segue. <laughs> Um, No, that's a good question.
1: I think that's also largely what's supposed to be in my mind a lot because you know I would have went to RSA also for leads. Um, I think there is a, well, I'm just going to call a lead gap. I don't know if that's an official. I think that's a, I'm going to assume that's an official term. Um, I think that our clients are definitely scrambling to figure out how to close that lead gap. Um, Specifically, you know, normally you go to these conferences, you get like 300 to 500 or even more, right? I, I think startups, what I've seen is like a 300- sort of 500 lead list, but I'm sure larger companies like CrowdStrike get thousands from it, if not. Yeah, I think I think a lot of them are trying to figure out how to do a little bit more awareness as well as demand gen, as well as how to capture that demand, all of all these things that are happening. Um, I think, you know, RSA is always such a large part of people's budgets, especially for startups, or mm-hmm. RSA and Black Hat, right? Well, but I feel like RSA is just significantly more hmm. Because I don't know. I, I think even like even the innovation sandbox is not incredible for startups isn't incredibly cheap, to be honest. But I think a lot of them are scrambling. but if you are, if, you, if you're listening and you happen to be scrambling, I have a
0: couple ideas for you. So um, how you, you talked about lead gap and, and what you mean by mm-hmm. that is that you know people had sort of assumed they would be able to go to RSA and get mm-hmm. you know 300 to 500 leads. Mm-hmm. And that hopefully they'll still get those at some point, but that's now been mm-hmm. pushed back. So how far, like how much time is there between RSA should have been like this week or next week? And then yeah, yeah, it's now June, you said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's like what uh, four or five months. Mm-hmm. And then presumably people will still need to spend some time preparing for RSA. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've already done some prep, but they'll probably need to do some prep all over again. So maybe a month or two of kind of time before June that would start.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I, you know, usually we have clients talking to us about RSA a month or two prior. Mm-hmm. So I assume it would just start a month or two prior before June. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit closer just because a lot of things have been prepped for. I think a lot of things are just now on hiatus, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever marketing slicks or whatever. And I'm sure things now need to change because I'm sure there are product updates um, or I'm sure there's you know new messaging and new, new ideas. I think for some of our clients, I would say it's even a, a blessing in disguise for the fact that the timing mm. works out now that I think about it with some of their announcements. But yeah, I think... You know, I, I think the thing that I'm seeing to answer your question about the rippling effect is seeing a lot of marketers kind of scramble to to and go. Uh, not that not that they're figuring it out now. I think they were figuring it out back in January when things got moved, or was it December when things got moved? Right. I think they've had a little bit of time. I think we're starting to see some of that start to get released, but I don't know. I was just shoveling snow on Saturday because I live in New York City and it like had a blizzard, and I was thinking about this a lot, and I was thinking about just overall how lame white papers are. And that's really what spawned this this thought. Like like white papers are traditionally <laughs> like a print medium. Um, now you kind of just PDF it over to other people. But like, I don't know. Like I think you could take a white paper and you could turn it into a microsite mm-hmm. relatively quickly that kind of tells you, or an ebook or something that tells makes it into an interactive experience that you're able to kind of walk through everything and it's able to present you data in a much more compelling
0: way and memorable way that build, that like, Builds a better connection to your brand. Cool. So, yeah, let's let's talk about some of these ideas. So, microsites would be kind of the first one.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, for like, can you, do you want to put a definition on microsite? Okay. So, so there's, you have a
1: marketing website, right? Which is, which is your branded, you know, let's say crit.com, but let's say crit has a, let's say you have a report coming out on like the top 10, like, let's say it's a spotlight on the best digital. Uh, best best design digital security products of 2021 you would build a you know 2021 or products.crit.com you know you would use something like webflow or or whatever I would use webflow but and it would be this kind of like sub-branded I'm hesitant to call it a landing page because I think a landing page is a much simpler you know like uh, value plus call to action form thing that you get people to sign up for and I think that's important but I think what uh, a microsite is is that usually it's subbranded and it's some sort of experience and it's some sort of um and it's it's a little bit more of scrolling it's a little bit more educational it's a little bit more of an awareness play a co- really good example by the way and and this is largely what like validated this idea is that we transfer i think just did this of you know, we transfer likes to talk to creatives, so they, they release a report on like uh, creatives around the world. And it was a white paper, and it was like a re- really well-written white paper, but it was a lot more effective as a site that you you could scroll through and and see how it's, the stats presented to you. Another example of a microsite is just the year-in-review sites that you see, like Squarespace does this called Browser History, or MailChimp used to do it. It's just another thing that adds an extra layer to your brand, it lets people interact with your brand a little bit more, it lets you take more, like interactive risks that normally you wouldn't be able to. So, you know, examples of this could also be like CrowdStrike has their adversary emulation microsite, right? It's not it's it's, you know, there's a little bit of education to it. It's a little it's a little bit cool. People go to it as a place to just like see the cool graphics and and then also be able to kind of pull information out of it.
0: Anyway, what are some of the what are some of the cons of going with the microsite approach as opposed to just like doing a white paper or even rolling this under your existing mm-hmm. domain where it's you know crit.com slash and it's just maybe not branded as much. Maybe it's just like you know a long blog post or kind of a, mm-hmm. a product page sort of thing on our, our site. What are what are some of the like reasons to go microsite or reasons not to? So there's a couple thoughts here.
1: You can totally put it as a subdirectory on your you know, on or or whatever company you own. Crit's not the best example for this because I don't think you're. I think you're. I don't think you are the size of company that would look to make a microsite. Right? You're not Squarespace or CrowdStrike or like. It is an investment at the end of the day. Like a microsite does require mm-hmm. work to build. You are mm-hmm. like the best microsites are interactive experiences. So it does add an extra layer of complexity to a website. I think the reason you don't put it under the, your same the same like mark like the same. Root domain is just purely the fact that you're literally building a completely new website that's just sub-branded underneath, you know, your main brand. Do you lose some like SEO value doing I don't it think that so. way? It, all of that is, I think that it's going to share the same root domain. So I don't think that you lose any SEO value. I think your domain, why can't I think your DA score stays the same or just goes up. Also because you have a backlink. Yeah, I think I'll have... I'll add the WeTransfer one to the show notes, just as a really good example Mm -hmm. of what it looks like to turn a white paper into a microsite. My point being is that white papers take a long time to write anyway but you can take mm-hmm. an existing white paper that you might've used for a conference or something and turn it into a virtual experience that you can put online to attract people rather than like canning out this like data sheet or something at a conference. Cause you're not able to do that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're able to just kind of show a little bit off
0: like show your brand off a little bit more. That's the whole thinking behind it. Another interesting example, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, have you seen nvsp.dev? nvsp.dev. So this one is a collaboration between teams at Salesforce, Google, Okta, and Slack for a minimum security baseline for like enterprise ready products and services. And so I wonder if you would classify this as a microsite and yeah, what your take on something like this would be where you're maybe even collaborating with a couple other people in the community. Yeah, I think so. I think,
1: well, okay. I don't know what, what is the domain?
0: In the and M like mom or Nancy. Minimum Viable Secure uh, Product is what it stands for.
1: Yeah, I think that this is, okay. So I think when I think of microsite, I just define it as a smaller website. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like your marketing website or something it's like is MVSP like technically a microsite because it's a smaller website that kind of explains, it's like a landing page that explains one idea. Absolutely. And I think that, M- Yeah, I think the minimum viable security product is a great type of, I don't want to call it marketing. I think it's a great community initiative. Mm -hmm. And this is what goes back to like, I think the way you close this lead gap is you continue to add things, add value back to the community. You just like turn your marketing brain off, turn your community engagement brain on. MVSP is a great example of this. I think this really just going through this. I also, did this website change? I feel like MVSP was like a table
0: when I first looked at it. If you click the checklist, yeah, you can get to the full gotcha, table. Gotcha. And I think, yeah, I think originally maybe it was just the mm-hmm. table, and then they added like kind of yeah. a a little one pager yeah. overview. I think so, yeah. no, I think this is like a great
1: thing to do because it builds brand awareness for Salesforce, Google, and Okta, and Slack, and it's valuable, right? You're you're associating yourself with like this security checklist for products. Yeah, I think community initiatives like this. Are a great way for you to replace your marketing activities instead of going to a conference, launch what is essentially like a movement. And I think another way you could do this without launching it straight out of like your specific security company is that you there's so many interesting villages and nonprofits, like security nonprofits that you could pair with. Shout out to Trace Labs. Hmm. Anyone wants to work with us? Yeah, you you can pair with them and and launch something like whether it's an educational workshop type of website, whether it's lessons, whether it's a report, whether it's a checklist like this, like all of these things <laughs> that I think, yeah, again, right. There's a bunch of these interesting marketing activities that like could stand in lieu of RSA
0: and B-sides and all these things that are happening. Cool. Yeah. How much time should a marketing team plan um, to devote to an idea around like for a microsite? Do you have any like kind of rough idea of like yeah. sort of minimum amount of time people should be prepared to commit to doing something like this in a way that's actually valuable? I think it's a marketing campaign. And I think when it comes to marketing mm-hmm. campaigns like these, where they're not
1: long tail content, all that stuff, a month, well, let's not take in account of resources and budget and all these things. But if you are able to, iterating on these month by month is probably the best way if you have the resources to. That being Mm -hmm. said. So doing like kind of one micro campaign per month. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I think when we've worked with clients on projects like these, the turnaround has been one to two months. Mm -hmm. And really it's been, I think the reason it's been two months is because of like resource constraints and whatnot. I think if you are able to, like you should kind of see these marketing campaigns as experiments of ways to kind of gain some type of virality or I don't want to call it virality, but like really it's a way for you to engage the community
0: and add value back. Mm-hmm. And just sort of test to see if the community yeah. is getting value from the thing yeah. that you're putting out there.
1: Examples of companies that yeah. have
0: done this well, like collide
1: with honest security, like their handbook is great, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's really I cool. I think Fastly is the DNS registry that did this, mm-hmm. but like how howdns.works is a great one, right? All these things are really great microsites. They like do nothing except just like some amount of brand awareness, but they're great for the community. And at the end of the day, like. I find myself back on how DNS thought works all the time, not just because, just to kind of show people mm-hmm. and ex- as an example, like this is something done really well. And it doesn't come off as a marketing thing at the end of the day. And I think that's what's important. Like when I say cool. marketing, the quote unquote scummy
0: marketing thing. <laughs> yeah, that's my two cents. So, Microsite is a good example of something that people can do during this time. Mm-hmm. What are some of these other experiments that people could try to run? Maybe it's other ways to package mm-hmm a similar type of content that would eventually go into a white paper Mm -hmm. or would have gone into a white paper for RSA. But yeah, what are some of the other ways people could could think about experimenting and using this time?
1: I mean, I think one of the best ways to engage the security community is just through competitions. Granted, I will say competitions do take a decent amount of time to prepare for. Like I doubt the advent of code people like built that in a weekend. I think it's a much longer thing, but Mm -hmm. I think like ctfs and competitions are grossly underrated like ways to engage the community if you're looking to mm-hmm. build
0: that type of audience right and you're talking about organizing a virtual CTF right, right right and there's smaller scale ways to do this so integrity
1: does this really well where they just have a twitter like they just tweet out a picture of code and they ask you what's wrong like where's the bug right and they they will mm, i think fun. i don't know but they could ship you swag if you're the first one to get it right for example and it's a great way mm-hmm. to just again do basically a conference type of fun activity but virtually and still engage that mm-hmm. same community because again i think that conferences are like yes is it a sales and lead thing absolutely but first and foremost it's always been a community type of event where you're meeting people and you're engaging with the brand and you're getting an opportunity to show your audience like this is who we are blah blah but yeah so going back to like your question I think I said this the first episode we ever did together, but swag will always have the most leverage in like marketing to cybersecurity people because I don't know, I guess we all like t-shirts, but pairing that with like earned swag mm. is a really valuable, I think is a really valuable thing to do. There's a lot of services at this point that do this for you. Like we've done it too. Like we've also just set up a HubSwap form and let people sign up and we then like printed and fulfill like 700 t-shirts to all these people. And that was because there was like a, There was a large announcement that was packed into each t-shirt and there was budget to do that but in this case it can be one-off you know you can use companies like swag up or postal there's a lot of these like direct mailer companies and i think it's a great way to interact with your audience at home when they like are all stuck at home anyway cool or you can use miscreants 3pl which is available to select people
0: because I have to pack all of it. So. <laughs> so dive into that a little bit more. What mm-hmm. kinds of, so you mentioned that like one cool example of how to get people to give you their address and kind of get swag might be this idea of earn swag. So having a competition and the winner of the competition gets some swag, they DM you, they, they fill out a form. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of mentioned you could pair it with an announcement. Are there any other way creative ways you've seen people send swag directly to fans, community members, things like that. Like what do people do to get someone to take the time to like enter their address? Is it just as simple as like tweeting out a forum and saying like, hey, we're giving away swag, the first 10 people who fill this out, or is it is there a better way to do it?
1: So one, the competition thing is like a super interesting way to do it. I don't know if I've seen any other ways besides like, I think the only other things I've seen are like, hey, attend our virtual event and get a Starbucks gift card or some piece of swag and i don't think those go very well i think they they could be done a little bit better i think you uh, mainly because usually the virtual event isn't something people want to attend it's just being attended for that piece of swag yeah i don't know if i've seen other companies do this in a way that like is as engaging to be honest
0: what about sending mm-hmm. swag to your own customers versus sending swag to like random people on twitter yeah i think Mm. what's the question like the the giveaways that we were talking about with like Mm -hmm. a a competition or something would be more open Mm -hmm. community focused Mm -hmm. do you think it's worth people's time to direct send things directly to existing customers maybe yeah absolutely
1: absolutely i think you know if especially if you have like an account-based sales strategy or account-based marketing strategy at your company like you should totally send things to your customers that are You, in fact, unique to your customers, I think. We literally are getting a quote to do that to one of our clients right now, just to kind of maintain that relationship and say hi again. I don't know, is this in the Lost Tapes or is this, remember when I,
0: do you remember when I told you like how we got some of our early clients? I do, yeah, Yeah, I think that might've been been somewhere in the Lost Tapes. Okay. Yeah, you wanna share this story? Yeah, yeah, this was also probably peak of COVID for those who
1: don't know but probably do because I think I bring it up every single podcast episode. Instead of just the creative agency, we decided to also launch a clothing line. So in our first drop we shipped probably I don't know how much, we shipped a decent amount of clothing out to friends and press clients and also potential clients and just from doing that was able to kind of just add a valuable touch point that yeah, Andrew's holding up a sticker that I sent him along with his shirt and stuff and that's why we're friends. Cause I
0: said,
1: <laughs> And largely like, yes, that's a joke, but like kind of that's true with some of our clients and friends of sure. just reaching out to people, even on Twitter of like, hey, can I send you a thing? And then the conversation starts from there. But sorry, to go back to your previous question. Absolutely. I think it's a great time to just strengthen your relationship with your customers. Like net dollar retention matters as much as ARR at some point and what better
0: way, but to continue improving that relationship yeah yeah you mentioned so we talked about about competitions and Mm. you mentioned that a lot of companies will use virtual events as a way to send people who aren't customers yet swag Mm. and you said you feel like that doesn't work as well could you talk a little bit about other than competitions like what are some examples of virtual events and maybe good ways to do virtual events and bad ways to do virtual events during this time
1: yeah yeah i think
0: bad virtual events saying this with a
1: bad virtual events in the context of replacing your conference thing, not like, like, should you do scheduled demos? Probably. Should you have scheduled joint webinars for like larger things that appeal to a, a economic buyer audience or technical buyer audience? Absolutely. But in, in the context of like a conference and, st- and closing this lead gap, I think there are way more valuable things you can do in hosting a workshop that's educational or hands-on training thing. Well, I think really something that is an educational Workshop that doesn't like the more you are genuinely giving back to the community. I think the more people will see that and come to it rather than like a, Hey, come to a demo of our product or Hey, come to like a webinar. You can host the webinar or you can host the panel or you can even, or another example of this is like, you know, Grey noise did a great thing. Like they hosted a town hall for their users. None of those things are like sales driven events. Those are just like ways to interact with your community and i think all those things are incredibly valuable yeah that's my
0: two cents makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. so if you had to sum it up like most important thing to keep in mind during this time while you're trying to close the lead gap what would that be yeah i think
1: conferences like rsa and b sides are a way for you to interact with your community the way you close the lead gap is not to see it as a marketing event the reason you go to these conferences and events besides just like for these leads and for sales meetings is that you want to interact with your community. The way you do that online is that you need to do something that adds value back to the online community, whether that's Twitter, whether that's in forums, whether that's in private slacks or whatnot, do things without the intent of them being a buyer, do things of the intent of them being just like a part of your audience, be a brand with a soul rather than like a marketing shill that's
0: mine yeah. cool good advice awesome well anything else going on in miscreants world by the time this is released we probably will have
1: hired a pm but i appreciate all of those who did apply previously i think we're going to be super happy with the person we end up with well, they're just kind of choosing between two people on our shortlist.
0: yeah that was a really awkward cool.
1: way of saying that but that's cool anyway how about you
0: anything that's anything exciting crits? only thing i'll shout out uh so austin has been working on a fun little side project okay. label-time.com so it's called label time uh-huh. this is just how austin works um austin was helping his mom print out try to print out shipping labels for christmas cards and was trying to use microsoft word to do it and it was driving him yeah. so fucking crazy That he went and built a web app. He just built an entire, designed and built an entire web app to do the thing that—that's awesome. He couldn't figure out how to do in Microsoft Word, so he has been playing around with this a little bit on the side, just as kind of a creative outlet. And it's just a dead simple way to print mailing labels for basic like mail, whether it's Christmas cards or like a small company trying to send out some mail to customers, like whatever Austin's uh, so talented yeah, dude. So t- what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah he designed and built this himself yeah. what are we doing in like a what are we of doing in our lives yeah <laughs> so yeah i think it's cool It's awesome i'm excited to see where he goes with it i'm trying to convince him to let me like spin up our old hrefs account and like do some seo research and like give him a bunch of long tail keywords nice. to go after and oh, nice let's see if see if he can drive something better see this a product it, on
1: next week just saying (laughs) whoever's listening hunt it hunt it
0: (laughs) give it the hug of death yeah cool so but yeah other than that just trying to stay focused this year and not let stuff get to me as much i hope so even out the highs and the lows that's good healthy balances yeah yeah cool dude i'll see you later bye all right cool talk to you later You just listened to Small Efforts, a podcast collaboration between Crit and Miscreants, hosted by Sean Sun and Andrew Askins. Sean is a hacker turned designer and the founder of Miscreants, a creative agency building memorable brand and product experiences for cybersecurity ventures. Andrew is an engineer turned CEO and the founder of Crit, a product design agency that helps cybersecurity founders create better products. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate us on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can check us out at smalleffortspod.com. Thanks for listening. See you next episode.